This week we're talking about sleep and lack of it. <laughs> sleep? What's sleep? This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the first place I go to keep my business skills sharp. They offer over 150,000 books on business, finance, planning, and much more. They also have a great selection of fiction that keeps me entertained when I'm just not up for some serious content. I love it because I can buy a book, download it to my iPhone, and listen while running errands or at the gym. Get your free trial at freelancershow.com slash audible. This episode is brought to you by CodeSchool. CodeSchool offers interactive online courses in Ruby, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and iOS. Their courses are fun and interesting and include exercises for the student. To level up your development skills, go to freelancershow.com slash CodeSchool. This episode is brought to you by ProXPN. If you're out and about on public Wi-Fi, you never know who might be listening. With ProXPN, you no longer have to worry. ProXPN is a VPN solution which sends all of your traffic over a secure connection to one of their servers around the world. To sign up, go to ProXPN.com and use the promo code TMTCS, short for Teach Me to Code Screencasts, to get 10% off for life. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 152 of the Freelancer Show. And this week on our panel, we have Eric Davis... Hello. We also have Reuben Lerner. Uh, hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, yeah, I needed a break last night. So I started playing StarCraft and then I realized it was like 1.30 in the morning. So I went to bed. So I'm a little sleep deprived, but that's life. This week we're going to be talking about kind of managing our daily, weekly, etc. schedules. I think we might get into some planning stuff, you know, a little bit further down the road as far as like planning out work. But I think mostly we're just going to talk about scheduling and stuff. I'm curious, do you guys have tools that you use to manage your schedules, manage the stuff that you have going on? I mean, I have a calendar, like I choose Google Calendar for like actual if I have meetings and stuff like that, but also use it for, it's an actual separate calendar in my account for like scheduling client work. So like I'll know like, oh, this week I'm working for this client or if I have like, I actually have a calendar for my runs. So like, I'll know like, uh, this week in particular, I have a recovery week. So I'm not running that hard, but like last week I had a lot of time spent running. So I had like had to account for that each day. Like, Oh, I'm going to be out for two hours today. So I need to get up early or I need to get my stuff done early so I can go in the afternoon. That makes sense. I use Google calendar as well. And then I use BusyCal on my Mac to manage my calendar. That way, if I'm offline, I can still see it. Yeah, I guess actually, uh, I used to use the website for Google Calendar, but on my iPhone, I use Sunrise, which I think they recently got acquired by Microsoft or something. So we'll see how that lasts, but I use that. I've used another just like free app on there. I don't like Apple's version, but you know, anything that integrates with Google Calendar is pretty good for me, especially in the whatever. I think it's called like the today view. When you swipe down, it will show like, you know, all the stuff I have going on that combined. I think, uh, I think it's built in Google Calendar can email you in the morning. Like, here's your schedule for the day. Um, that's mostly what I use for actually like scheduling specific like activities I have to go to. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I do the same thing. So I have, I, I don't use a separate calendar for work. I just use the calendar that's like my calendar, my primary calendar in Google calendars. And then all of the shows all obviously have their own calendars. And then if there's something very specific, I should probably create a calendar for like family events or whatever, but it just goes in the same calendar as all the work stuff. I got my calendar... Uh, my exercise stuff, which is just running, um, scheduling, which like I said, is for client work. I also use that if a client mentions like, hey, they're going to be away or on vacation during a certain time. I'll put that in there just so I know like I probably shouldn't be emailing him or 
you know, if I need to get stuff from to get it early. Yeah. And then that's it. I mean, then there's like, you know, personal calendars and stuff like that. I actually have, uh, looks like nine calendars in Google Calendar. Wow. I, I also, I mean, I use Google Calendar in the back end, but I almost never use the actual Google website. I either use it, you know, on, on my phone or more likely I just, on my Mac, I just use the regular built-in calendar program most of the time. And that basically does the job for me. And I just have one calendar and I use that. I mean, <laughs> I just use that for everything, whether it's for personal stuff or for client stuff. Um, and maybe at one of these days I'll switch over to using multiple calendars. But truth be told, I'm just interested in knowing, am I booked or am I not? And if I am, what am I doing? And, you know, that then synchronizes with Google Calendar without too much trouble. Uh, it took a little bit of time for me to figure it out. Maybe that was just me. And then I just, you know, I mark down whatever I've got, whether it's personal stuff or business stuff. And then I recently, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, and we can get into this more, but I recently started trying out different online tools so that clients could schedule with me. Because I was just really, really tired of the back and forth. Are you available on this Tuesday? No, but I'm available on the Thursday. Oh, but that's not good. How about next Wednesday? And having an online tool, so two that we've mentioned in the past, and I've heard there are some others as well, are uh, youcanbook.me and uh, Calendly. And Calendly looks like it's a little slicker, so I've started trying it a little bit. I think I may switch over to it. I think Eric's done that. I think you mentioned that a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, but just the ability that I have now to tell people, you know, I'm available on my calendar, like, go book yourself. It, it has just been incredibly freeing. Yeah, and actually one thing I want to mention, since I switched to Sunrise, I'm not using it as heavily, but I use an app called Do. Um, like something is due today. Um, it's basically a timer. It has a timer, like, you know, you have tea brewing or, you know, take the roast out of the oven in an hour, but it also has like alarms and it's way more powerful than like any kind of built in ones I've seen on the iPhone. Mm. The big thing I do is in the morning, I get that email from Google calendar of like, you know, here's the five meetings you have today or whatever. I'll put all those into do and I'll, I'll figure out like, okay, well, this meeting, I just have to sh- like the podcast. I just need to show up for it. I don't need to actually prepare for it. So. I'll set the reminder like five minutes before the podcast starts just to, you know, sit down and get some, something to drink. But if I have like a client meeting, like actually today in the afternoon, I have a pretty intense one. I set a, a reminder like 45 minutes ahead of time. So I can actually kind of wrap up what I'm doing, get all the stuff together, start working on and get all the topics we're going to talk about ready to go. So it's nice because, you know, I, I can put in with a buffer that I need for it. And the big thing is, is unlike most calendar things where it's really easy to dismiss, the setup I have for the do app is make an alarm every minute until I either delay it or say it's done. And so if I walk away from my phone for a few minutes, like I won't miss a notification that I have a meeting in a little bit. It will just keep going off and off and off. Um, and I found that's really helpful because, you know, there's sometimes you just, you get stuck into something, forget about a meeting. And I know a lot of people, like, especially when you use Outlook or something, it's, it's really easy to get into a habit response of like dismissing any notification coming up without actually seeing what it's telling you to do. Right. I mean, I do have it set up on Google Calendar that it emails or SMSs me. I think it's like 20 minutes before something takes place. That's generally useful. You can adjust that. And I don't know why I've chosen 20 minutes, but it's sort of nice to know, aha, I've, I've got such and such coming up. Um, I used to also have it where if I had a whole day blocked off, then it would tell me at like 5 p.m. the day before. But I found that to be more annoying than useful, so I got, I got rid of that. Yeah, I just get notified like 10 minutes before any given event. That's usually enough time because most of the events are online stuff, so I just have to be at my computer. Right. Yeah, I just found like for some of the stuff, like it's nice because if you have to prep for a meeting or do stuff for a meeting or whatever... Yeah. It's always better to like do it like right before. I mean, you could do it in the beginning of your day and then like set it aside and come back to it. But I found like having it fresh in my head is always better. 
And so that's why mm-hmm. I kind of adapted to this system. And so it actually like, you know, you schedule these blocks of time in your calendar and then you kind of extend it out like, okay, you know, you do need to travel, do you need to prep for it? And so that kind of tells you like what time each day you have that's kind of taken up by what you're going to do. Yep. So I guess one of the things that I've been struggling with is that I have a lot going on. And so I've been trying to figure out how to make sure that I get all of the stuff done that I need to do. And so this kind of comes down to partially prioritizing and partially planning. And I'm getting better at it, but I'm curious, do you guys have specific tricks or things that you do to make sure that you have a productive day that gets done what needs to be done? I got a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm somehow not surprised. Me, Ido. I mean, trying to think of where to start because like, I at least try to connect everything I, or not everything, some things I do every day into like my annual goals. So like it goes through like several different levels. Mostly what I do is I still do Pomodoro technique, uh, which is basically you work, focus on something for 25 minutes and then you take up to a five minute break and you just keep cycling that back and forth. And so what I do in the morning or actually the night before now, I will sit down and say like, okay, based on, you know, the last week I'm averaging, we'll say eight Pomodoros a day. So, you know, eight of those cycles and there's a lot of kind of un-Pomodoro time. So what I'll do is I'll write down like the three big things I need to get done tomorrow are set up the server, contact a client, and then maybe write up, start writing for a blog post. And so I'll write all those down and I'll pick one of them. That's the most important thing. So like if everything else doesn't happen, that's the one thing I want to get done. And then I'll, you know, budget. I'll say like writing might take two Pomodoros. So about an hour. Um, setting up the server is going to take four. So, you know, that's about two hours. And I basically do that. And then if there's any time left over, I'll just kind of add other tasks of like, oh, let's do some email stuff or maybe I need to start doing some sales follow-ups and just kind of slot that in until I fill up like the Pomodoro budget I have for the day. And then when I start working, I just, you know, start on the number one most important task and then do the other, the three that are the important ones. And then just when all that's done, if I still have time, I work on the kind of the filler tasks. And that's basically, that's how I basically run my day from day. It sounds almost like you're running sort of an agile team on your own. Yeah. Like you you yeah, are and your I mean, own agile team where you've got things on the hopper and you sort of estimate as best as you can, but your estimates might be off, in which case the things that have highest priority are the things you get to. Yeah. And something I didn't mention, cause I don't want to get too deep into planning, but I, especially the most important task for the day that relates back to what I want to do this week. Ideally, all three of the most important tasks are related to my weekly goals, which I set up, you know, the past Sunday. Those weekly goals all relate to my monthly goals. And those monthly goals are all components of my quarterly goals. And so, like I said, it all kind of trickles back to like, okay, this quarter and this year, I want to focus on this thing that trickles down into I need to write more blog posts to get newsletter subscribers or whatever. And the, like you said, the interesting thing with the Pomodoro technique, I don't follow the exact technique, but what you do is, you estimate, and then as you work on it, you put an X like, okay, I use this, I use this. And so I can see really easily like, okay, setting up the server actually took, uh, what, three hours instead of two hours. So I can see, oh, I need to, I'm slower at setting up servers than I estimated. So next time I'll need to budget it that way. Or in fact, yesterday I actually finished early. And so I had, looks like I had three extra Pomodoro. So I finished early and just picked up something from my to-do list of like, okay, here's something unscheduled, but it's a bonus thing. And so I'll get that done. And then finished that and did another one and then did another one. So it's kind of, it's nice because I can see like if I'm not productive at all, I'll at least get my most important stuff done. But if I'm really productive, I can get all that done plus extra filler stuff, plus even go above and beyond my estimate for the day. 
Right. I mean, I think, I mean, I certainly am not nearly as structured as you are in terms of pomodoros and so forth, but I definitely try to have like a to-do list for each day. And I try, although I think try is perhaps pushing it to say, well, I think I can get the following things done this day. And I am unfortunately consistently off and over-optimistic. And so instead of saying, gee, I really don't think I'll be able to do X and Y and Z, you know, all in one day, um, I'll say, well, I'll, I'll try really hard. And maybe I could be extra super productive that day. And then, of course, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sort of frustrated that I've not gotten done the 200 things that I listed for myself. Yeah, I, I used to have that problem, too. And then what I did, I think I started it maybe five or six months ago, but I have a Google spreadsheet where at the end of every week I go through and log, like, um, I did this many Pomodoros of work and I did this many Pomodoros of meetings because I want to kind of track meetings a little differently. Um, and so in the spreadsheet, I put that in for every day I worked, and then I have a calculation that does like a a seven-day running average. I think it's actually factored into five days just for a five-day work week. And so it'll tell me like this for Monday. It's like, okay, I've averaged seven Pomodoros. And so if I have a really productive week and next or this week that I'm working, I average like 12, so five more. Then the week after, it'll say, hey, your average has gone up so you can actually schedule more work. And it's interesting because it's like kind of like that revert to the mean idea of like, okay, I think I might be productive, but am I actually productive? And it kind of gives me a little bit of check and balance of like, okay, I'm really not being very productive. And so I'm not going to overschedule myself and get really flustered because I'm not getting all the work done or feel like I have to stay up till 1 a.m. in the morning working on stuff. Right. You guys talking about Pomodoros and stuff, you know, it reminds me of the way that uh, John Sonmez does his stuff. He uses his Kanban flow. And then his goal is to get eight Pomodoros in. I think it's eight Pomodoros in a day or anyway, there's a certain number of Pomodoros minimum that he wants to get in a day. And then he just has all of his stuff for the week or the month in a backlog. And so he just moves it over into the day and then, you know, works through it. He tries to plan out his week that way, but it doesn't always work out because some things take longer than you expect. And and that worked really well for the couple of weeks that I did it. The issue that I had was that I, well, I don't know what exactly the issue was, but I didn't stick with it. And, and I think you need a system to kind of manage some of that stuff. <laughs> I've actually created three separate Kanban software systems, either in, into Redmine or separately or whatever. Um, I love the Kanban idea. In fact, I'm actually testing out a paper one on my desk right now. More of like just as a, not to replace what I'm doing, but just as like a visual representation of what I've done this week. Not what I'm doing, but what I've done. And I think you just have to figure out what, what works for you. Like all of my stuff is actually really simple but it's been simple and then I would try something new and if it worked, I'd add to it. So it sounds complex, but all the concepts are actually very, very simple and I can always remove, like I can remove my Pomodoro stuff on paper if I wanted to or I can remove my to-do backlog if I wanted to. I like what you said, how uh, John kind of has this, we'll say a budget of eight a day, eight Pomodoros a day and then works on that and then whenever that's done, he can pick up like from the backlog. I think that's a pretty good thing, especially if you make your eight Pomodoros like the most important stuff or like your longer term goals. Like if you're trying to write a book, it'd be like, you know, writing stuff or editing stuff like that. Um, and then you can have like email or like low priority stuff be like the filler tasks. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, is I, I mean, I don't think he limits himself to just eight Pomodoros. He just makes sure he gets at least that many in. Yeah, like the minimum level. Yeah. So. You know, it's it, anyway. I think I think the idea really works. And Kanban Flow actually has a Pomodoro timer built in, and it'll track how many Pomodoros you spent on a task. 
That's another thing I really like about the approach. And that honestly, I hate to say it, but the thing that I really struggle with is not necessarily finding a system that works, but just sticking to a system. Yep. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like if, if sticking to a diet and exercise plan was easy, everyone would be thin. I mean, that's yeah. it's right. the, <laughs> the habitual change. That's the hard part to do, you know, because like, I don't know your exact age, Chuck, but you're probably trying to overcome dozens or at least a few decades worth of how you're working to try to switch over to like, say using Kanban flow or something like that. Yeah. Um, myself, like I've used Pomodoro before I was even freelancing. So like, what is that? Like 2006, 2007. I mean, I've been using getting things done even longer than that. Like this stuff, it's, it's easy for me and it might sound like impressive, but I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years or so now. You know, so for you, that, that, like the default way of working when you, when you have something to do, you don't say, Oh, I really have to remember to put it into my workflow. It, so to speak, flows naturally at this point. Yeah, like right now, my default, like, you know, if my wife says, you need to, you need to do something, or if I'm off doing something like, oh, I forgot about this task, or I have an idea, like, I open up my phone and run a program, put it in there, and I know it's going to show up in my to-do list, and I'm going to review it, you know, within a week or so. Like, it's it's automatic. It's, it's I don't have to, like, go through a certain process or do things with it. Yeah, I, I think this really just kind of has driven me back to just using the system and just making sure that I'm using the system. I mean, one of the things that's on my schedule for Friday is to plan out next week. And so then I just fill in this Kanban board again for next week. And I think, I think really what it boils down to is, yeah, just making the commitment. And then what, what do you do when you slip up? Well, I mean, I think making the commitment's important, but you can't just say like, I'm going to start using Kanban flow for my schedule. And you know, that, that's not the be all end all. That's, you know, you're, you're making a commitment, but it's going to take energy. And I think the big thing I've found for myself is if I commit to something too big, even if I like, I get all riled up and like excited about it and all that, I actually know underneath that this is a huge commitment and I don't, I'm not ready for it and I will self sabotage myself out of it. So I might mm-hmm. start using Kanban floor or whatever for a while and then. Oh, I just, I won't do it for this week because I don't, I don't need it or this and that. And I think what's more important is like you make sure that you, the things you're committing to are improvements, but they're not such a huge improvement that it's going to like just completely like blow you out of the water. Right. You know, so it's like, it's like tiny changes or simple changes instead of like big, like let's restructure the entire company type changes. Mm-hmm. So where's a good place to start? I mean, let's say I want to get a little more disciplined in terms of how am I going to schedule out my days? What's a good way to start on that without necessarily getting frustrated by trying one of these techniques and then saying, wow, this is just a lot to do? I mean, of all of the stuff I've done, the one that's actually had the biggest payoff that was the most surprising is the MIT idea. It's the most important task. Mm-hmm. And that's where you pick up to three a day. And that's it's the idea of even if like everything goes crazy and you don't get anything else done, if you get these three done, you've had a good day. And I think uh, Stephen Pressfield gave me an idea for one where instead of having three, you, you can still have three, but you have one. And it's, I call it my dragon task. It's the, you know, if I'm going to go out and slay this dragon, you know, this task, I've had a successful day. So if I get nothing else done but that one thing, it's been successful. And I think if you just sit down either the night before or, the, you know, the morning of or whatever, and you define that one task that you can do, I think that would give you a very good, powerful win that you can kind of use to build on to kind of do other things. You know, because if you make that like something that ties to your goals or very important stuff, you know, even if it's something you're going to do anyways, it kind of can self-reinforce itself. Yeah, that makes sense. And and, uh, moreover, 
I often find that I, I sort of get frustrated saying, wow, I had these 20 things to do today and I didn't get all of them done. But if I were to look at it more objectively and say, wow, I got this really important thing done, then I'd be much happier with myself and with my progress. It's, it's really a lot of perspective that's important there. Yeah, so it sounds like having that sort of, you know, slaying that dragon uh, idea is not only a good way to, it, it's a uh, more reasonable to way, way to measure your progress, but it's also a more reasonable way for you to set expectations and manage them for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of goes against a lot of productivity advice. And I think some people get shocked by it, but my to-do list ranges from 600 to a thousand items long at any given time. Um, I'd spend some time cleaning it up and basically threw away 200 something items. And I'm fine with that. It works for me because that's not a list of like stuff I have to do. It's a list of ideas of what I want to do and they're prioritized, they're categorized, all that. So, you know, even if I'm only doing like the one or two things a day, I know that those are the one or two things out of that thousand list that are the most important or the most valuable or the most time sensitive or whatever. And so I have the freedom of, I can pick from this list. I don't have to like come up with something from scratch each day or try to like keep in my head, like, oh, what am I working on this year? Um, I can trust my list to do that for me. Now, does your to-do list include all the things you need to do for various clients as well? Or is it just your own personal stuff? It's mostly personal stuff, but it's basically everything except for like bug reports or stuff like that for clients. I have a project management system for that just for visibility. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I will throw an issue like, hey, work on you know, issue one, two, three for a client as a to-do item. And that's only because that's an, a very important one. I don't want to miss it. Um, for client stuff, I'll typically just say, you know, work on, you know, Acme Corporation for this week. And that's, that's a to-do item and it's just a long to-do item. And when it's done, I just cross it off. And then you just manage the minutia of I'm going to work on these stories or whatever. That's all in your project management software. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, this is one area I kind of fall down on. Getting things done says like break your task down. So it's like the next action. Mine aren't like that. Some of them are more just a project or something like that. Or, you know, it's like stored externally. So it's not like one list for everything. Um, but I kind of because I work with one client a week, I kind of have a good catch of like, okay, here's my to-do list, but I also know this week I have to look at the client's to-do list. And if if I wasn't working for client work or I didn't have any real need to like have external visibility, I would probably put all the stuff in my to-do list. You know, it's easier, it's one place, and if I don't need to share it, then there's no sense in doing it. But just the realities of how my business works, I need to have you know a list there and a list for each client. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like for me anyway that yeah, you know, it'd be easier to have everything in one place. And so, you know, having to track back and forth might be a little bit of whatever, but just putting something on my list or, you know, or blocking it out on my calendar, however I decide to do it, I've I've tried both ways and neither one really stood out to me as better than the other. I just need to stick to one. It seemed to me that, uh, you know, just doing that and then, you know, going to the other system to get whatever tasks I have out of it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm trying to remember, I mean, getting things done talks about this, but it's also the idea of like, you know, you have multiple inboxes, you have your email inbox, you have maybe a physical inbox, you know, your, your mailbox is another inbox, yeah. uh, voicemails and inbox. And it doesn't make sense to cram all that into one. Like it doesn't make sense to like try to force everything to, you know, send you letters in your mailbox. So, you know, use what you have, but just make sure that you're checking them all the time. And so it's the same thing for my to-do list. Like I know, I know I have these other to-do lists and it's in the forefront of my head, so I know to check them when it's their time. And since, like I said, since I only work with one client at a time, it's easy to know, like, 
based on my calendar because I had that scheduling block out. Like, oh, I'm working for Acme, so I need to remember to look at Acme's list, but I don't need to look at Joe Bob's list. Yeah, the other thing that I, I can see there is that if you have one sort of master to-do list, then you can put into the to-do list, go check the other inboxes. And so then that's just, that just becomes part of your deal. And I think he has some routine that he has you do in getting things done, you know, to do that and to work on that stuff. It's part of your review process, I think. But yeah. And actually, I think routine is a good word for that. I've been doing a lot of work. Well, lots, not a lot, lot, but I've been doing some work working on reoccurring tasks. So I have a script that basically adds in like stuff that happens every week. So just, you know, my to do this is a text file. So I just append it to the end and stuff like do a weekly review, pay bills, you know, that sort of thing. But one thing you could do is you could make it like your daily routine in the morning of, you know, when you're checking, like, what am I going to do today is you check all those lists. Um, especially if you work with multiple clients or you have employees or, you know, that's, it's high activity that you're not doing. Um, you can make it a daily, like a check in, like take five minutes and see what happened on this project. And it might be nothing on a certain one, but you might catch something or catch a to-do item that you need to deal with right away. Um, and so you can kind of look at those to-do lists as not just lists, but also as inboxes. You know, it's mm-hmm. there, there. It's a to-do list, but if it changes, it becomes an inbox or some, some kind of activity there you need to process. Right, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, I, I find a, a lot of my scheduling is different from what you guys are describing, in part because I do so much training and so that's typically going to be one full day on site with a client. So I mean, I just that's just one one of the things I like about training is that it is very easily blocked out, very clear. I am going to company X. I am spending all day on site with them doing Y. The only tricky thing there is then I mean I, I I'm booked now several months in advance, and so I've got to make sure that I know where I'm going on each day that I'm going somewhere. But it's a huge amount of peace of mind. What then happens, though, is I have clients who come to me for project work, and they say, well, we'd like to meet with you. When can we meet with you? And so having these you know, calendar scheduling programs, having the different ways that people can get in touch with me, can schedule time, becomes increasingly crucial. I mean, if I have holes, if I see toward the end of the month that I have holes the following month, what I'll often do is call clients who I know might want time and say, listen, I'm... You know, it's now the end of, let's say it's the end of March. You know, let's talk about, do you need time in April? I have four days, three, three days free, whatever it's going to be. And I found that people respond really, really well to that. So it's sort of good for everyone. It's good for me in that it allows me to fill my time. And it's good for them in that they know I care about them and they get time with me as well. Yeah, now if you can turn that into like a system or a process, I think you'd be going really good. If you had a a monthly review where you look ahead a month or maybe six weeks or something like that and said, okay, I have these gaps the process says I should start contacting, you know, past clients or, you know, leads or whatever to try to get that filled. And then that way, you know, as part of your weekly or monthly review, like you're constantly doing it. And so you, you would actually become seen as someone who's very proactive and very good about scheduling and planning stuff out in the long term. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a period about a year, year and a half when I was doing that very regularly. That was probably before the, like so many courses were scheduled so far in advance. So I felt more of a need to do it. But I definitely found that people responded well. I think you're right. People saw that as a, a positive thing on my part, not just as a convenient one. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that as well, where you know people see that you're organized and take that as a good omen. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I don't, I have no clue how much, but a significant amount of my incoming clients have come from clients that I've followed up on and kept following up on. Like I've had one where it's like, 
I think it was like nine months or whatever of follow-ups and I won it and it was a real relatively large project. There's a couple where it's six months. There's actually one I'm working with right now. I think it's five months of follow-up and they're now a client. And, you know, this would have been something that I would have written off in the past, but I've built a follow-up system. And so I actually scheduled time for that and actually, you know, try to get them in and try to get them to do stuff. So, I mean, it's most people don't follow up. Most people don't schedule or plan ahead. And so you can be like the top 1% just by doing a little bit of effort in this area. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So do you do the same, when you do your uh, weekly review or monthly review, do you do that at the same time every month or at the same time every week? No. I mean, it's, I used to do it on the weekends, but you know, I have a toddler now and I think that has like, you know, spending time with her, spending time with family and family obligations that we would have done in the middle of the week they get pushed to the weekend now. Uh-huh. And so I've actually found weekend time is very scarce. And so what I've actually been doing is trying to do my weekly review like Friday afternoon or Friday night um, as kind of also a wrap-up of the week. Um, and then monthly review is pretty much it's the first weekend or first Friday after a month has ended. So it's not consistent. It's just a more intense version of the weekly review. Gotcha. And I think in the past we'll say the past seven years at least, I think I've probably missed six weekly reviews. Um, it's it's become that wow. good of a habit for me. And I mean, I know a few of them is because I was like sick in bed and a, a few of the other ones I was so busy that I put it off and I would actually probably, I think a few of them I put off and then did a midweek review just do critical stuff. Um, so it's like there's still, it's still there and I still do it. I just don't do the full scan of my to-do list. So Eric, does it ever happen? And I guess probably not so much because you're working with one client a week. But does it ever happen when you have like schedule conflicts, when someone says, oh, I really need to meet with you on such and such a day in an emergency situation? And I'm wondering, what do you do, A, if there's a, a conflict, and B, like, how do you fit people in? Or do, do you just say, no, can't fit you in this week, I, 